When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Guten Morgen. Guten Abend. Guten Abend. Oh, keeping it Swiss. Guten Are you trying Hab- to do like a Swiss thing? I'm trying to do, well, German, Swiss, oh, okay. German. But okay. like, because I, I can't say Guten Nacht because we're not going to sleep. Guten Abend, I think, is German, like afternoon, early evening, which is what we are uh, fun uh, but but yes hello josh i love this i love that we figure all of this stuff out before we hit record <laughs> super important um <laughs> was that a read uh, for both of us yes you know <laughs> true yes. i mean <laughs> i i can only you know speak for myself you know again that's why this uh show as much as we really try to make it a 45 minute show always becomes an hour and a half because there's no planning. Um, and I, I don't have a clock. I never look at a clock. Things were better. Things are better, I think, a little bit when, we, when we're when we filming on like Zoom or something because can see, I can see the clock. And then yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we've been talking about 20 minutes. for. We've been talking for 20 minutes about nothing. Let's yeah. get this going. Uh, but in our more traditional thing, it's... It's it's a little harder. Okay, well here I'm going to show you. We're a minute in. I'm going to show you the time. <laughs> no, I know. I okay, see. and so now I you could, know. I could, I could use you know my own technology, but who cares? So what? Who cares? Okay. Um. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Uh. Have you seen this? Like what? Oh no! Go ahead. Oh, it's San be Diego Pride. It's I know. San Diego Pride. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Like I reached out to you and I'm like, you know, what are you doing? Like, let's like record on Sunday. And you're like, girl, it's Pride. Like, I'm not hanging with you. I'm gonna go be with my real gay friends. <laughs> I mean, no, no. First of all, Joshua, they be. That's my... not true. You're gonna be spending the day with straight people, which I find even more amusing. Um, which is who Pride is really for. Here's so. the thing. You know, you're. <laughs> There may be my gay friends, but you are my gay family. Oh, I see. Yes. Listen to her. You see, you see her. If you're watching, if you're one of our patrons, shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thanks. You know, you're helping us uh, keep the lights on at Fright School. You uh, really are. We it appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're watching this, look at her. Look at her face. Um, okay. Yeah, pride. I still feel exactly the same way I felt about it the last time we talked. Uh, but you know what? Let me tell you something, real, like real quick, because I got a little bit. I feel like I did. I got some clarity over my like emotional <sighs> issues with pride. Like your, why? Like your why? Issues? I'm, yeah, why I'm having my issues. Why I'm having like difficulty with pride, and and it was from like you know having a conversation with one of our former. Um, uh, fright school lecturers, uh, which I don't have permission to share like their feelings, so I'm not going to say who it is. But they've they've been on the show before. I would love to have them back on the show. But we got into having like a conversation about. So when I first got here, you know, I come from like this tiny town called Amelia, Ohio, ten thousand people, to like this enormous city. Amelia or Emilio? Amelia, 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 Ohio. Like Amelia Clark, Daenerys yeah. Targaryen, or Is like right? Amelia Bedelia. With no, an a. Amelia. Yeah, Amelia, Ohio. It's been. For Is it E years. or an A? Amelia A M E L. Oh, so like Amelia Bedelia. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. Even better. Uh, so cover up this like tiny town. I, you know, like you know, what's new? Buenos Aires. Step off the train. Ten billion people. <laughs> what's new? San Diego. Um, 
and it was the same old news. You know, people were trying to, you know, keep us queers oppressed. So Prop 8 was a thing that was all going on. Like, there was a wild spirit of like, we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to take it. You know, things were just extremely, it was like total culture shock, you know, and I got like swept up and I was doing all this like activist work and, you know, even as cynical as all of us were then and, and remain, there was, there was like hope that like the world is going to be so different in 10 years and 20 years. And now here we are Roe v. Wade overturned, you know, uh, again, I think that's enough. I, I am like up to here with like, especially the, you know, capital W white capital Q queer trademark, you know, co-opting this conversation to talk about like gay marriage being destroyed. Like, yes, absolutely. I'm concerned about all of our rights being stripped away, but you know, we can stay focused on Roe v. Wade for at least a day people before we totally, you know, but still the point is, is that it was just like, we were so engaged and we were doing so much stuff and so much activism. And like over the last few years, it's just, it's, it's just felt really defeating in a lot of ways, you know, like there's just been this really, this kind of missing spirit. And then we were really encouraged by Pride's like stance on cops at Pride. And that was very exciting. And they've totally walked that back and are now going to have like a billion cops at Pride. And it's so it's just, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of disappointment when I, when I look at Pride and when I look at kind of where we were and where we are it's just a little disheartening. And so it's kind of put me in like a weird space with pride. Um, and again, I'm also not one of those bitter people that's like, you know, look at these young queer people. They just, nobody's beating them up. Like, you know, cause I don't want that. I want them to live in a world, you know, yeah. free from that. And, you know, I don't want it to be a struggle. The problem is, is that the struggle's not over. You know, there's still so much stuff that we're not uh, dealing with um, it, it, politically in the ways I would like to see it be done, you know, even though I can also understand the realities of slow progress and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think that's, that's why it's hard. Pride is just a really difficult time of year. A lot of our friends are gone. A lot of people moved on. A lot of people have changed. Um, so it's just, yeah. Anyways, Especially from that first, from that, yeah. Formative time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For me, you know, I was like 23 when I got here and like life was just, you know, it seemed so huge and a lot of stuff seemed really possible. And we've really given up a lot. We've really um, piecemealed, you know, our oppression <laughs> out in some ways. Um, or not, not us. It's not our fault that the system is, you know, rigged against everybody who's not, you know, wealthy and who's not, you know, in power. But yeah, so we we had a really good conversation at dinner um, a few nights ago, and and like everybody at the table was like, "That's it, yeah," because all of us were. None of us are going to anything. None of us are involved in anything. We're not organizing anything um, because there isn't any. Like, there's there's like zero. We're just in a really weird place. So, you know, but again, I, there's also the other side of me that's like, I'm glad that people are going to be there. And it, it's still extremely important, especially to young people. There are plenty of people, even even in a town like ours, in this bubble we live in, where kids can't come out to their parents and can't have those conversations and they can go to Pride and have it. Mm -hmm. And that is important. And that's powerful work. Is it fair to say, may I pose something, right? Is, it, is it fair to say that like you know all of you being like you know over a decade removed <laughs> and a decade older that perhaps the things that you're the things that you think are not happening are occurring in different ways and conversations are being happened in different ways but it's just that you're not plugged in as you were before mm. and so therefore it seems as if nothing is happening or the people that you're engaged with, everyone's left the movements and, you know, because at a certain point, burnout is possible. Burnout happens. Yeah, but I, I'm definitely, I feel much more akin to like that, that picture of that like older woman that's like, I've been doing this for 50 years and I still have to fight this shit. It's that, it's just that kind of vibe too. It's mm -hmm. just that, man, they're really organized. The enemy is really organized against us. And no, I don't, I don't, I do think there are certain things that are, you know, but again, it's, it's just the, the left is extremely splintered. And that's been the case for a long time, because yeah. there's a lot of different politics at play, and a lot of different ideas and theories, not to say that there aren't those sorts of things on the right either. But the right man hate really bonds people, you know, and they're just really organized they can get their messages down into like one thing where we're like you know 
some of us are just like we just want to like get married and like visit each other in the hospital and there's like like let's burn everything down like those are very disparate ideas well i mean uh, i mean something that i've something that i started reflecting on when the road decision came down um was the idea that like and i've talked about this on horror many times is that like the true horror is um the horror is the most horrifying when it's being perpetrated by people who are true believers when they're they're zealots um when they believe so strongly in one thing that it's like that capacity the capacity for cruelty against other humans is boundless and infinite when you believe that is you are doing it because it is part of who you are and it's part right. of your beliefs. Midsommar mission, exactly. Yeah. Midsommar, everything where robots like have the three laws to obey, like that's yeah. all whole thing. So I'm just like, yeah, no wonder we're so fucked because yeah. like there are people who like this is like giving them giving them too much credit that like you know they're part of this like cabal of people like for capitalist gains that's i feel like that's giving them too much credit i think it's more like no these people truly believe in like whatever religion or all of those things is telling them yeah and again i think it's a mix i think it's fear you know and the same i mean to be completely fair the same is true for the democrats you know i mean it's true for both sides because people are like you know, well, we just have to keep voting. It's like, well, we've been voting. Like, we have yeah. a Democratic president. We've got the Democrats doing, and, like, still shit is garbage. Yeah. So, like, obviously that's not the right You message. also can't vote for the Supreme Court. Right, so, well, exactly yeah. that whole thing. And then people go, yeah, but you can vote for the president. I'm like, well, can you really, though? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's very uh, frightening, uh, the, yeah. the, the state of things. So, yeah. you know, and again, you're absolutely right. There is stuff to be doing. Existence is still, like, the best, you know, fuck you is to like exist freely and proudly and, you know, in any manner, you know, against like that, you know, capitalist, heteropatriarchy, imperialist, white supremacist. Which is a good segue (laughs) into like my feelings generally about pride. It's just like, I like to focus on community. I like to focus on like the celebrations, blatant and open celebrations of joy. Yeah. Um, the theme for this year's pride is uh, joy, justice, joy, something. Yes. Yeah. Which, which is not great which, messaging when you have 10 billion cops there. Again. But. Yes. I rolly for sure. <laughs> I saw the thing. Hashtag cringe. Hashtag cringe. <laughs> I rolly for sure. And for me, it's like, like, you know, it, you know, again, it's when you when you have this huge platform, it's like, who are you doing? You know, right. Everyone has a little bit of a piece. Things have been co-opted yeah. so much. But that's very true. Yeah. But what it comes what it also comes down to, right, is that like the people that the people that show up and the community that shows up and how they show up and what they show up. That's for true. Is it means something different for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and by us really yeah. not engaging, you know, we are leaving the space empty. So I do I understand that it's like a self eating monster as well Ouroboros yeah Ouroboros I shout guess, out Dr. Tally yeah Ouroboros the, the real truth is like I just don't want to go outside for more than a few hours well yeah uh, you would at all you so would that's the burn. real thing I've made up this whole uh, political theoretical uh, positioning to just mask the fact that like god no I don't want to be outside for any reason <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, like I, yeah. I was in a parade. I uh, the first time I went to Pride, I was severely closeted. It was so. It was. It was. It should have been a joyful time, but it wasn't right. because I was faced with a lot of things. I went with someone who I had a very deep crush on that I also like. <laughs> I was unrequited, and so then I didn't go back to Pride for many years until. 2015 when the year of the Obergefell decision and then the next year the pride after her uh, pulse and then from then on I just made it a point to always go at least to the parade and to be there and like cheer for the people and I'm I'm, I'm always looking for specific like contingents that go through um, to yell loudly for specific ones that are coming through Yeah, yeah but again you know however you I've actually met the executive director of San Diego Pride, uh, Fernando, um, yeah. and they've uh, uh, they did an event at my work once. And um, one thing that Fernando has said is that you know Pride in other countries looks very different. Like right. it could be a picnic at a park, it could be 
you know, things that look more like a community mm-hmm. party than it, a yeah. community event than it does. Or like totally a underground thing because everybody's exactly. going to get murdered. If they should, it, we have, you know, a friend who was in Turkey and it was like, yeah. they had pride and it was like super underground. Yeah. It's like, how do you, and how do you have pride in places like that? Right. Where like your very existence is a crime. It's a crime. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with, uh, and so, you know, thinking about those things are great, but like, you know, the, it, the two things can be true. The duality of it is that, like, oh, we yeah, can, yeah. The duality of it is that, like, we're very happy that it exists, but it's uh, we can always hold ourselves to higher standards. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like I do want to try to keep in mind that, especially when I was young and coming out and going to Pride and partying and drinking and like being with people that, like, you know, somewhat understood where I was coming from was really powerful and really important. And I, I don't want to take that away from, you know, other other people. Uh, but it's just, it's really, really complicated. There's a lot of feelings, political feelings, um, you know, my uh, feelings feelings towards like mainstreaming and we were out shopping and I, you know, you see a lot of like, at least I, I, maybe I'm judging, but it looked like a lot of straight folks buying and preparing for their pride parties. And it's just, it's weird. There's a part of me that's just like, this is kind of strange, (laughs) like in some ways, like it just, I feel like a lot of stuff has been co-opted and mainstreamed in ways that I'm just like, you know, but again, Maybe that's the goal in the end is is for everybody to just be a community and there not need to be all these divisions and ways to, you know, b- block each other off and, you know, to be, you know, the cool kids or the not the cool kids or whatever, you know, so... It's hard. I'm just in that weird space. And again, I've talked to a lot of older activists, people in their 60s and 70s and 80s who, you know, share some of my thoughts feelings but in a very different way because their lives were affected and changed by the AIDS epidemic and by Stonewall and people that you know like the, that conversation was very very different so you know I, maybe it's just that's it that's just the lot in life you know this kind of yeah. uh, change is just inevitable and these sorts of feelings are inevitable but it just put it on there you know a really good the conversation we had was like, ah, yep, that's it. That is the thing. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing to kind of try to navigate the way the world has changed in a lot of ways and the way it stays exactly like it's always been as well, you know? So I don't know. So point is, is yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm shopping and preparing. My brother's coming into town. So, Lovely. Right. And bringing his children's. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I found it today that the Sam Squanch, has never in his entire life, as far as he can remember, has ever spent the night in a house with a child. He was an only child growing up. His cousins are all the same age and they're not close. Nobody has babies. He never, when we visited, um, we never stayed with them. You know, we got a hotel or stayed elsewhere. Uh, And when they visited before, they didn't have kids. So this is going to be the first time he's ever been in a house for a, a week, even just a day, but a, a whole week with uh, a three, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and I can't wait. It's gonna be fucking delightful. <laughs> yeah, you are evil. I know. I'm you so excited so to evil. see. I can't wait till they like try to engage with them, and he's just like, ah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he's gonna be like, can, uh, why don't you come in here and get this? Thing. it's in here trying to talk to me it's, i mean it's no different than like the cats right like that's how i feel that's why i told him i was like believe not me, to what, dehumanize your brother's children but like no you know, like, well again i'm sorry listen children are not people until they can uh what is it from um glow like mark Marin, like until they can grasp irony those they're not people you know <laughs> Like until they can have like a conversation about like a book they've read, that's not a person. I don't want to talk to you. Um. <laughs> I would just love like I would just love you to like read them, you know, some like horrific thing. Like I have some cute books over there that are like children's books uh, with like monsters and things in them. So maybe we'll see. Yeah. We'll curl up here. We'll read it together. That'll be fun. That's yeah. a children's book. There's a clown in it. Heart shaped box. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nosferatu, little Nosferatu. stranger danger. <laughs> uh, anyways, all of this to say, like I've read any of these, right? I, I'm like, 
no. This you're is just saying ironic. I'm you're just, just reading titles yeah, off, like because you, know, you, know, like you can uh, read needful things. Like. Yeah. That's yeah. a great lesson. They should read that book. It's a good lesson. And, uh, you know, if things are too good to be true, you know, keep on moving. Um, real quick, this kind of annoyed me this week, and I'm sure other people. Uh, did you see the Gremlins, Baby Yoda thing? Joe Dante get it being all butthurt about Baby mm-hmm. Yoda or no. something? No. There's all this stuff going around that Joe Dante says that, like, Grogu is, like, clearly ripped off of... Uh, Gizmo and they like stole. Who's Joe Dante? He directed the Gremlins. Okay. And um, sorry, I didn't Gremlins, mean to not annoy. The Gremlins. Yeah. No, it's fine. We've done the film on this uh, show, but whatever. Um, <laughs> only two hundred movies. We can't keep track of all the directors of them. He's also done other things, but uh, other movies. I'm sure you've seen. Um, I can't think of any right now. Uh, but no, that was the thing this week. That was like a kerfuffle that was going on in the. Uh, you know, the horror, sci-fi, whatever community that is. And I'm like, well, first of all, Yoda existed before Gremlins because that was like 81, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Also, as far as I can tell, baby monkeys, baby koalas, baby bats all existed before the Gremlins. So if anything, like it's just, both of the designs are taking advantage of like, centuries old shit that we know is super fucking cute like yeah. big eyes big ears you know little noses baby versions of things people love that shit hold on i'm looking at what other things that joe dante has directed yeah well i don't know maybe this is pointless since you didn't even you didn't even know about it it just annoyed me because it's just it's was just it so like dumb. a white man being a white man i don't know it was just it was everywhere it was just you know Joe Dante does not like Grogu because he ripped off, you know, Gremlins. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I think that's a little... He directed the Twilight Zone movie. There you go. Well, yeah, there is a whole thing there. Well, I mean, yeah, that's... uh, We're going to have to watch that movie sometime and, like, talk about all that because, yeah, that's a whole whole thing. Anyways, okay, well, we fooled around long enough. Um... I thought I thought you'd you know kind of be like oh yeah and you'd have something to say but I don't know no um, I saw yeah. Chucky's season two is coming out that's so. true that's gonna be fun we'll see all right well enough fooling around let's uh we'll get we'll just move along uh we'll be right back we're gonna talk about blew my mind so clever hey everybody I'm Chris Fafalius and I'm the producer of Chris makes a podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. All right, welcome back. So we are continuing our uh, Don't Go in the Water series. That's what we're doing. Uh, Although in this film, you do want to go in the water. You want to get there. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Blew My Mind, 2017. Um, Who's on directing? Lisa Brulman. Brulman? Who also wrote it, along with Dominic Locher, Locher, Luna Wedler, starring Zoe Pastel. Holtz. There's a lot of names here. Regula, I like that name. Regula, R E G U L A, Regula Grauviller. Uh, anyways, it's about a young girl, uh, little Mia, who's going through uh, the change. The change, <laughs> quite literally, the change. Uh, drama, fantasy. Horror. I think it's like body horror. Yes. You know, very Stefan. This 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 movie has everything. Yeah. I, I feel like this time we can uh we can say that it's you know, this is horror enough. <laughs> so my originally, you know, I was trying to do because we did our whole like little red riding hood thing. And mm-hmm. I I which I really enjoyed and I wanted to do like a mermaid horror unit. Uh and I still have three other mermaid horror films including one that's a musical <laughs> a musical what? mermaid horror movie uh that we will do one day 
Uh, so we'll see. Maybe this lays the ground for that. And then in the future, we'll do those other three movies about uh, killer monstrous mermaids. Uh, but I thought, you know, we had our little fish man missing link kind of thing. Amphibian in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, last week, we did alien uh, water aliens. So this week, I thought a mermaid would be would be a good choice. Although it is sort of the reverse. You know, she becomes a mermaid and then goes back to the sea. Uh, Joe, what'd you think? What'd you think of blew my mind? I, you know, did it, (laughs) (laughs) did it blew my mind? No. Um, I mean, it was, it was good. It was, I wouldn't watch it again. Right. Uh, so for those keeping score at home, (laughs) um, I would not watch it again. Um, but it was, I mean, it was, it had enough twists and turns. It was definitely securely in the body horror, like, it was body horror for me for sure um but yeah it was like it was fine like it wasn't better than uh, the abyss like i don't know if that's <laughs> i'm not gonna do that that'd be a bit now but like because like i like the abyss more because it was just like it had plot it was more cinematic and for mm. this this seemed like very this seemed very like film students first feature we're gonna like you know it's gonna be very gritty um it's gonna have all these like cinematic elements but like the writing kind of sucks and there's like no real plot yeah well i wonder if partially because it was like translated you know if you kind of lose some of the nuance yeah Um, but you're right i mean i I definitely think this is a kind of Movie, you know what? It reminds me a little bit of Ginger Snaps in the way of like using like werewolves to talk about puberty, to talk about yeah. adolescence. This is kind of in that same sort of vein. Um, you know, I I don't know. It it also went a lot of places that I didn't expect it to because it kind of started out felt very much like a bullying narrative. Like I thought that we were going to deal with yeah. that for like half the film. Yeah, it was and very then, Gus Van Zandt like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and it reminded me of uh, Let the Right One In, like the colors yes, of it, that uh-huh. kind of leached out quality. Everything's blue. You know, it all has that kind of tinge, uh, very muted colors. Uh, you, so it kind of started out, I was like, oh, it's kind of like going to be like a bullying narrative. She's going to like have these asshole girls fuck with her the whole time while she's going through this like horrible you know, body change. And then on top of it, like mm-hmm. depression and teen angst and you know, all that kind of stuff. But that kind of switched really quickly, actually. Like she got in with those three girls uh, and they were like actually friends. Cause when they like got her to come over to the house, I went, Oh Lord, what's going to happen? Like they're going to mm-hmm. do something terrible. And then I thought they were going to like set her up view with the profile, you know, cause yeah. she like hooks up with that like 35 year old man. This, this well, film she, is strange. She, a lot of strange. Almost, 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 yeah. almost, almost. But I thought that was going to be a whole thing. And then it wasn't. So it went a lot of well that's the thing it set up a lot of stuff and then it did it <laughs> it didn't yeah. go anywhere um it was just saying like okay we could go this way but uh psych right you know yeah 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 so again which gave it that kind of quality of like blew my mind more like blue balls for plot there you go <laughs> there you go and just the uncanny or not uncanny the um just the surprises of adolescence. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You get all excited and then nothing happens. There's a lot of that. I mean, at least I remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, um, I, I, I do, I did have a note that like all the boys in this are like so nondescript. I mean, except the one guy that you thought was cute. Yeah. But, but then he ended up being like a fucking, well, rapist, yeah, no, like, they're yeah, all, so. yeah, that was, that was terrible. And I do have something about that. I did want to say about that, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we kind of, when we get over there. Um, you know, so you have like the new girl in school. So this is again, um, over on the after fight school special you can listen to us talk about splash um and jeffrey kind of made a joke about a fish out of water story but i'd actually already written that for this because this is very literal like you know like she's like new girl in school and you know people are picking on her and she's like slowly turning into a fish or an eel or something (laughs) it's it's a weird that tail that they give her in the end uh tail fish tail Fish out of water tail. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, what was my point, though? Oh, that the boys are nondescript. And actually, the girls kind of are. T- the other two. I mean. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, really, the other three, like everyone but her. Yeah. Because they're also like all wearing the same thing. Like they're all wearing like black. It's like they're in a gang almost. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is. It's very yeah. It's some like that blur of just adolescent, like of teenagers. It's like in Clueless when they're all like waiting to like hit the ball in tennis, and they're all in like various shades of black and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. They all just kind of look the same. Then it's not memorable. Uh, but I think it explores some other interesting things. You know, you brought up when we were talking about like uh, kind of like the secret lives of women and of young women. Yeah. And, and the this this film has a few scenes that kind of invite you into a world that like we're very ignorant of as men and like especially as queer men. Like, you know, we're kind yeah. of on the outside of like, you know, the sexuality of, of it in, in to a certain degree. Yeah. Anything with... Um anything with uh where you're like where you're looking at like what it would be like to be in a close-knit group of girls like like a fly on the wall type of thing it just feels to me it always feels transgressive when done right i should say like Mm -hmm. when done right it feels very transgressive and it's you're looking you realize that you're looking at something that's really intimate because it's also, depending on the subject matter, depending how the scenes are executed, it's str- it's very strange because, like in the film, in this film, they're like fainting each other, like basically, you know, choking each other and causing each other to like faint and experience euphoria. Oh yeah, that whole sequence—it was like yeah, this orgasmic kind of like yeah, um, uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. But what I th- <laughs> but what I thought was really strange, cool about choice for a bunch of young girls to yeah. be doing. I, I, I mean, yes, absolutely. But again, it reminds me of crazes. Like people do yeah. go through things. People you do, know? do crazes, yeah. but then like it also shows like how at a certain age it really is easy to make friends. Like if you mm. have, if you're not like a Regina George, right? If you're not like dead set on destroying someone, and you kind of go in and with like a blank slate or curiosity you can really make friends like these girls while not like definitely not the good girls by any means pretty much embrace her um in a way that i thought was really interesting and unexpected yes um and embrace her like oh like go out and support her like oh do you want to go fuck this 35 year old okay cool like yeah, we're, we're, we're all gonna come with you we'll come with out. you <laughs> like here we're gonna teach you how to steal like we're gonna you yeah know, it's very like it's that thing where, you know, you, for whatever reason, when you're drawn to somebody, and especially if, like, um, if it's, like, you know, latent homosexual attraction, we'll talk about, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. in a minute, or if it's just that kind of intense relationship that, um, that often exists and is illustrated, uh, is, is communicated in stories with women, right? Yeah. Like, I've definitely been in those situations with, like, the intense friendship attraction but like it's also me experiencing intense to fear intense feelings of desire and not having the words to name that Mm -hmm. it was homosexual desire um but like in this situation it's really interesting because it's like it's purely about like just wanting to be near each other and like they're hanging all over each other that's the other thing too is like they're they're hanging all over each other they're just very touchy-feely it's like very like you know sisters holding hands type of thing right like i thought for me outside of the body horror of it all that was the most interesting thing to see and i could have just watched a film just about that yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, when I was growing up, like, because I, I mostly hung out with girls. So I did, there were things that I, I, I shouldn't say, you know, not totally excluded from. Like, I did see certain parts of their world that, um, you know, or like or their experience of the world to some degree, just not being part of it. But certainly that, you know, a lot of the girls went, you know, through those kinds of phases of intense, like, you know, queer experiences a lot of them grew out of that quote unquote you know i don't really know their inner lives now but a lot of them are married have kids you know or are living you know surface wise at least you know uh very heterosexual lives but uh at the time there was there was like an intimacy and also because i was queer there were also times of like doing exactly that like laying around with my girlfriends and holding hands and being sort of intimate in a way that you certainly weren't doing with boys like boyfriends yeah, don't yeah, yeah, do yeah. that kind of thing uh so yeah this film does have sort of an inherent queerness and i do want to talk about that but um um not exactly yet uh obviously i do think it kind of is a little on the nose that this is like you know the horrors of adolescence of like our bodies changing uh i don't know if you 
like what your experience of puberty was. But for me, like there were moments that it was painful because you're growing up really fast. So like, you know, your my legs were sore often, um, you know, from just, I don't know, I guess growing like pains. growing pains. Uh, I fell on the stairs a lot because <laughs> my body became gangly, you know, because you're mm-hmm. just growing and changing so quickly. Um, so, you know, you end up with bruises in weird places or, um, you know, of course, just the general changes that happen yeah. in your body that are kind of frightening. So or can be, especially if you like, I mean, for me, it wasn't something that was like totally talked about and I wasn't really comfortable talking about it either. Yeah. Especially as a queer person, I did not want to talk about your body, about bodies yeah. um, and especially about sex and sexuality and all of that. So it's like you really, I really blocked a lot of that out. So you, it is very isolating to not talk about it. So I think this film does a really good job of kind of, of paralleling that experience of like your body becoming this unknowable thing all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh but then, you notice things that like weren't there before, but apparently your body is now meant to do. Right, exactly. And it can happen overnight, you yeah. know, like just, you know, like uh, one minute you are, you know, uh, incapable of ejaculating. And then the next day it's just there. And you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> For you know, I mean, I'm just saying, and same with girl. Yeah. You know, one day you're not, you I don't didn't have a use period. Lotion last night, right? You know, but like, and I'm sure for women it's the same thing. Like one day you just wake up and suddenly you know you're menstruating. It's like what the fuck, you know? And so it is. It is, there are changes that can seem to happen literally overnight, even mm-hmm. if they are years in the making within your body. So I think the film, I think it does a really good job at that. And I think this lead actress uh, was very, very good about of, of dealing with that. But also like you're, you also have to go into like social situations. Yeah still wondering like is it just me or other people like yeah. how what's your body doing now <laughs> like you know it's like it's just it's a really weird time in yeah. in our in our lives as, like, as humans i remember being um i remember being like at, young at that time and like simultaneously being shocked when you would see people go through like puberty because all of a sudden like their voices change right they look different like acne all of that stuff it's like it's turning you into like this little monster right Um, yeah in a lot of ways in a lot of ways (laughs) you know you have all the feelings and stuff and then also remembering like being having like being unable to describe desire yeah because it just was not something that right. was open. Like yeah. I, I often wonder. Like I often wonder what it would be like to be a kid now in a place where homosexuality and homosexual and like you know same sex attraction and desire are talked about more openly right. in media and you know and if they I, were normalized, yeah, you know, in the same more way. In, than yeah. like you know back then and just remember thinking like like that word deviant right that were like deviant de- being deviations and like aberrations it's just like can't help but think about that and how like even though no one said that to me specifically i don't remember ever a time someone saying that being like someone who i thought was trusted like saying that homosexuality was wrong but i do remember like the implication of, of course the deviance and like yeah. you know homophobic society and right yeah 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 no i talk i've i think i've talked about that on the show before and it's something that i oh i have this like inner anger about you know just about society in general is that you know like queer people are robbed of those experiences Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, that straight people get to have you know they get to be in high school and they get to flirt with each other and they get to like explore and learn you know things and and they live in a world that it that's okay and that we're still at a time where uh, you know, we don't want a child to see a drag queen, but it's perfectly okay for a pair of tits to sell them a burger. You know, like it's it's so fucked up. And we're talking about romance and love, and you know, getting to getting to for that to be the first place that you are learning those kinds of emotions and how to handle them. Yeah. So again, it's not a surprise a lot of people leave those situations. And again, both straight and queer, super fucked up about relationships. But yeah. um, even more so, I think you know, there's there's again, it's very messy. But at least straight people get to do that in an environment that it's encouraged. Like I can't imagine what sort of society we would be if you could very comfortably 
like say hi to another boy and him be like, Oh, thank you. But that's, I'm not into that, you know, but like, you're awesome and we could be friends. And you just be like, okay, that's cool. And then you move on. And the same be true for like men and women too. Like, you know, if a woman just said, no, I'm not yeah. interested or a guy said, not, and everybody moved on, it was okay. And nobody needed to be beat up or, yeah. you know, like how different would the world be if all of that was, you know, yeah. and, and across the board, I do want to say something really quickly. Cause I, I, <laughs> Saying what I said earlier, I did not mean to equate like ejaculation and uh, menstruation. I was just trying to think about <laughs> a sudden, you know, body change in a way. Uh, 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 so, <laughs> some sort of, you know, uh, an emission or an emission. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing. But I don't mean to equate those as if they're, you know, I was just trying to think like what might just yeah. suddenly happen. Yeah. Because uh, for me, that was very much the case. Like it just happened and it wasn't something I Your expected. You menstruation? Know? Yes, my menstruation. <laughs> But it was super shocking to me. Um, Wait, obviously, because... I have I so many questions. I don't know if you want to get into it. <laughs> no, like, let's not get okay. into all of this here. Um, this is too, This is already TMI for our poor listeners' um, <laughs> ears. They're all, they're all reliving horrible, traumatic experiences yeah. as children now, as adolescents. Um, so to your point about the queer stuff in this, because it's not even like subtext. You know, there is some very flirty stuff with the girls. It's not... Jana. Janet, yeah, and Mia, the the lead, the mermaid. Uh, and again, it's not pitched as if they want to be girlfriends or anything. It's just, it's in that party way of, you know, in, in some moments, other moments there are tender, like hold hands, kiss. You know, but I, I thought this was sort of an interesting... So this is from uh, Variety, did a review of this. This is written by Jessica Kang, Kyung, K-I-A-N-G. Okay. And she wrote about, uh, so her thing was talking a little bit about, you know, yes, it's a little on the nose and this like central analogy of, you know, adolescence of puberty and like turning into, you know, a monstrous mermaid creature uh, sort of works. But eventually uh, she kind of says it like wears thin towards the end and then sort of undermines itself. Um, So you know, kind of evokes things like anorexia, negative body image, self-harm, joyless promiscuity, sexual uh, degradation, uh, you know, the kind of heartbreaking punishments that young girls inflict on their bodies for differing. Uh, Everybody feels like a freak at this age, and it doesn't seem an especially helpful conclusion to have the story confirm that freakishness and to suggest that the solution for Mia is self-imposed exile from the people who uh, love her. Um, Having created a striking and potent allegory and blew my mind and explored it with great seriousness and exceptional craft, Bruhlman doesn't seem to know quite what to do with it by the end, except to suggest that the cost of self-acceptance is vast, eternal, oceanic loneliness. And I read that, and, and, and I actually wrote down immediately just to remind myself that I disagree. Um, I'm not exactly sure that that is what the film is saying and the way that I read it. And, and kind of to take it back to earlier when I was talking about you know, I came from a, a, a town that had a population of 10,000 to one that had a population of, what are we at, 3 million now in San Diego? Yeah. More, 4 million? Um, in the county, yeah. Yeah, and so there's something for leaving your small pond for the vast ocean to find your people. So I'm not exactly sure, like, if this is a queer allegory, it really works for me in that sense of, like, it's not exile. She's going back to the place she came from to find the people and or, or the the other like her uh you know to to return to where she belongs in this bigger place and for me that that's how i always felt i really felt alien living in ohio like i was from there but not of and that my people were somewhere else and i needed to leave and go find them and then i feel i have i feel like i swam out of there into this giant ocean and found exactly who I was meant to find. So on that note, right? Like some the one one thing I want to talk about is, and, and it's related, is the fact that like we're never, it's never confirmed that she is adopted. That's true. It's never confirmed, right? Yeah, like yeah. for whatever the film reason, opens with just a lone girl on a beach. But lone we don't girl really on a know. beach. Yeah. You you know she makes a big deal to her parents about the fact that there's no pictures of her mother pregnant. Like you know the mom's like sometimes I wish you weren't my daughter either. Like <laughs> but but like 
it doesn't confirm that. And to me, that's it's like it it feels like you're being gaslit by a film, right? Like mm. we know that she's this is not correct. Like she must be different in some other way. So, but in a so taking your um, taking your assertion, right, and like stretching that out, it kind of is the same when you're like this kid who is like yearning for something else who feels like they don't belong in their own family um, and feels so different. And the, the difference is like, the difference is explicit and palpable. And then you, until you're able to like leave and go for the vast ocean right? to find your people. Um, I like that, like a uh, part of the, the queering of the narrative, the coming of age, like emphasizing the coming of age as like, she understands that she needs to go. Right. Like, and, uh, and like, it's, she's finally better. And, you know, it didn't seem like she was much happy in her life on land anyway. Right. But I, I, I think that's a, like what you just said is such a great tie in for like why, and explains like why I was just, why it stuck with me and was so unnerved by the fact that we don't get that confirmed that she is adopted. Right. Like there's no conversation with the parents um, that confirm that that confirm that yeah. and it's just like there's knowing looks right we are all meant to infer that but like it's just no you're our daughter which you know is something to be said about like who cares where you came from you are still our daughter but it right. does matter because you know these terrible things are happening to her and she doesn't feel right 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 and it does it kind of pushes also that idea that like you know straight people make gay people right like so yes uh, you know uh, or at least ostensibly a straight couple comes together they have a child who is queer that they cannot understand they cannot understand them creates this gulf of divide they have to leave to like find other people that can help them understand who they are and understand their desires outside of that sort of context so but that, then that asks the question is can these like human people make a mermaid baby is that really what's going on or was she like picked up off of a beach in france or whatever mm-hmm. um or wherever they end up. Cause that's also murky where they're like, Oh, we have these papers from France, but I'm like, does that mean they like found her there? They adopted her from there. It is blurry. Yeah. And again, because it's like the, you know, a film in Switzerland, there are, you know, documents shown that maybe we just don't immediately recognize what they are. Uh, you know, maybe they don't look the way, you know, because they're French. Well, no, not it. Well, maybe, but I guess I just mean, maybe there's more like, if we were watching something, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm off the the wrong thing, but the point is, is that yes, I mean, I read it as like she's definitely must be adopted, just because if you were two mermaid people and you had a mermaid daughter who's acting really strange, you'd probably want to tell her like, you know, hey, quit eating the fish, like uh, you're a mermaid just like us, yeah. and we can all go back to the sea and hang out, but like we like it here on land too. You know what I mean? Like that covers. You wouldn't have a film if they were mermaids or sea creatures of some sort it's about like it's like it's almost like it's it's saying something about like that isolation that you feel and you know the loneliness and and i mean like the parents are they're really it's not a great situation with them like you know we meet the mom and she like hits her the mom slaps her like you know they're they're just all like, oh, you ate the fish, so you can't go to Coneyland. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's super weird with them. Uh, and again, you know, and for them, it's like, you know, maybe they are treating her like, you know, oh, this is like, we adopted her and she's not really ours. And so let's get her into therapy because she's like becoming something else that's beyond our control because yeah. she's not of us, you know. But again, I, I, I don't know. I think it could be read a few different ways. Uh, I just, I they play a little bit with the queerness, you know, with the characters. And then, uh, you know, I read that review and I thought, huh, I don't know. I think for a lot of queer people, especially you do kind of have to get out and find where you belong. And sometimes you return and you, you figure shit out and you're healthier and better and can have a better relationship. And, and that's yeah. been true for me. I'm definitely giving this a reading that I feel, you know, echoes my own experience. Um, you know, so Yeah. <laughs> uh the only real critique that i have is i would have liked to have seen a little bit more horror like i feel like she could have taken out a few of those guys and then ran away uh i wanted to see a little bit of so we know kind of mermaid legends 
might be based on like manatees or seals, uh, just like sea monsters are probably because there's these gigantic waves that happen in the middle of the ocean and, you know, ships 500 years ago didn't know how to explain it except, you know, sea monsters. Uh, and if you've never seen a manatee, you might think that's a, you know, a, a, a half person fish, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, especially from a distance. Uh, but anyways, the point is that usually part of the mythology is they like lure men to their deaths with their beauty or their singing or whatnot. So I kind of would have liked to have had a moment like that, especially with all those pieces of shit, you know, that are like, yeah, I was waiting for a like teeth style revenge. I was waiting yeah. for her to like rip their dicks off. And yeah, I, that's the only thing. It's like, I wish it would have bulked a little bit of like the horror element in that way. Or yeah, maybe she could have lured some of them to their deaths by something that sh- she discovers in herself. Yeah. Well, we kind of get that a little bit right when she's like dancing on the table and, like mm. all the men are watching her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit there. And I thought, oh, that's that's kind of where this is gonna go. They're gonna get all us these out different the room. guys wanna like fuck her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly she's gonna find this like echolocation kind of or not echolocation. What is it? Sonar. Well, sonar, or, yeah, yeah, kind of like thing a, within <laughs> Exactly. Like, like blow up some heads or do something bloody. Yeah. Like I was just waiting for a little bit more of that kind of thing. Uh I, I would have liked to have seen. Uh but you know didn't happen that was really my only major critique otherwise i really like this film i would probably definitely watch it again you know for myself it it, it felt like let the right one in it's in that weird place of like yes horror but there's a lot more conversation happening it was Um, let the right one in it was teeth yes it was um i thought this would pair well with raw Yes, Raw comes up a lot in conversations about this film. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely compared to each other. It's very like, hell is a teenage girl art film, you know? Yes. So, so instead of like Heather's Jawbreaker and uh, Jennifer's Body, you do like Raw and like, Blue. Blue is the warmest color. <laughs> oh, Blue is the warmest color. <laughs> no, I was going to say Blue My Mind, uh, or this film, yeah. but Blue is Blue is the warmest color a horror film? No, it's know. not. It's just lesbians. Ah, there we go. Well, that's enough. I love a lesbian, so... Alrighty. Well, yay. I love to, uh, we should, we should end on that. <laughs> yes. That's great. We uh, do love lesbians. We do. We really, really do. So happy pride again. You know, I hope I didn't make anybody feel shamed. Like get out there, enjoy yourself. And you know, if Nazis show up, punch them, uh, fuck the proud boys. That's a good place to start. I love lesbians yeah. and fuck the proud boys. Yes. Yay. Good night, Joe. Good night, Joshua. School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.